Good morning, listeners, and welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast, where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost, and calling from California, I suppose, is Patrick Anderson. Yep, still here. Yeah, so I I moved to a different apartment since the last time we oh, did yeah, a podcast. Oh yeah, congrats! Thank you, thank you. And and I kind of thought about it, and ever since we've done this podcast, you've called in from you know California, you've called in from Missouri, from Kentucky, just all over the place. And I've like moved three different times in St. Louis. Like I've been in St. <laughs> Louis this whole time. I've just moved to different areas. So it, well, I feel like it's <laughs> less exciting than your life, but it is what it is. No, you just have more consistency. <laughs> you just, you just, <laughs> that's all it is. That's, yeah. Th- thank you for giving me credit on that. I literally moved yeah. across the street and it's, uh, yeah, it, it's quite the experience. Um, but we haven't done a podcast in a few weeks. We had to kind of recover after the Eminem podcast. I mean, we kind of got... Recovery. <laughs> we, we had to go back and listen to Recovery. We had to uh, revive after that. Yeah, it was it, it was one of our least favorite records of the year. It put us in a bad mood for like three weeks or so, but we're back. Um, we're back to cover the albums that we haven't discussed over the past few months in our perennial quarterly report series uh this is 2018 quarter three uh we have a bunch of albums that we have lined up for you um four albums in fact and then we plan on giving some additional recommendations um as per usual so there are a a group of albums we agreed to discuss before the podcast uh is there any particular one you wish to begin with can I just say, yeah. first of all, yeah, this is like the I love doing these podcasts. Oh, they're, they're I get so amazing. I get so excited before before the lead up to these podcasts because they're so much fun. And I don't know what recommendations you're coming up with. Like it could be something I also love or something I'm just entirely unfamiliar with as well. So like I, I look feel like this quarter that. we've been we've been kind of dabbing in each other's style a little bit more. So yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm kind of like I really don't know if we might have the exact same picks. Right, we might, and we which we've we've never to this point had the same pick. We've always kind of lucked out uh, with this. Mm-hmm. But and the other thing with these, we have a really interesting group of main projects we're talking about here. It's kind of there's some interesting like variety to it uh, all over the map. So it, it's been an interesting quarter. I wouldn't say it's as good as last quarter which i thought was just amazing but there were some pretty good records mm-hmm. uh, in this quarter as well yeah i agree all right so okay. yeah so i think to kick off this quarter um i think it's only right that we start off with probably the most maybe not the most but definitely one of the most notable releases of the quarter yeah yeah i agree yeah so you want to do the, yeah. the the compilation from the Clash drummer? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, I mean, that's real music, and I think that everybody needs to. I was kind of looking at our list here. I think maybe we should consider doing this Little Wayne record. Do you, do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's fine, okay. too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Little Wayne, the Carter Five, uh, is apparently on pace to be the third most streamed record after a week or whatever you know like the third highest weekly streams ever uh behind the post malone record and uh scorpion 
So, I mean, not really great company, but it is what it is. Um, Lil also, White, yeah. also, I just want to say, like, I'm kind of out on uh, albums setting stream records mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Because look at the top three streamed records. They all came out this year. Yeah, it's like... A, so I'm like, it's just a hype machine, basically. Well, this is... Yeah, it's, it's, it makes sense. It's like um, uh, streams are becoming more and more of a thing now. Like, yeah, of exactly. Course there's go- right. Like, it's like in the NFL where everyone's setting passing records every year. It's like, yeah, more teams are passing now. Like, of course. I feel like I feel like eventually it's just going to become a thing like how Billboard, you know, it's like, oh, uh, this album came out number one this week. Like, it's ba- I feel like with streaming, it's ba- that's basically going to be how it is. It's, like- it's just going to be like, oh. Uh, Lil Wayne is number one this week in streams. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, this way, you know, like right. it, it, the the record's just going to be broken like every week. <laughs> right. And and maybe even like you know, all those weekly streams might come in a span of like two days. Also, like everyone just hearing uh-huh. the record once and then just kind of moving on from that point. It's so different than sales. It it's hard to compare the two for me. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So Lil Wayne, uh, everyone knows who Lil Wayne is. He's a New Orleans rapper. Uh, at this point in his career, uh, he's rightfully, I think, considered a legend. Uh, he's considered one of the greatest hip hop acts ever, and he is objectively highly influential on the current state of mainstream hip hop. Uh, he's very uh-huh. influential to artists such as like. Uh, you know, Young Thug or like Lil Uzi Vert and just about everyone else rapping on the radio right now. Uh, so he deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, this album, though, it, it's it's not my thing. I, I don't think I'll ever return to this after this podcast. I I like a, a good amount of songs on here, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that they were I thought that a lot of it was really well executed um, but it's so long and it's uh, like, it, it's just, it's pretty bloated. It's yeah. And, and there's a lot of, uh, one thing I did think was really cool with this was like the, I, this Lil Wayne style, his old style is, is still there, but it's brought back in kind of a nostalgic way instead of like a dated way, which is what yeah. I was kind of worried about. I was like, I don't know how. Lil Wayne's style is going to sound now in 2018, but I thought he did a pretty good job of of incorporating it. Yeah, yeah there's there there's a lot there's a lot of content here that is uh, it doesn't it doesn't seem necessary. It's, but do you not like it like at all? No, I mean it's it's kind of like uh, I mean dislike more than I like, but I don't hate this record. I mean there it's kind of mm. the the same pitfalls as the drake and migos albums have that you pointed out with yeah, yeah i i i think that i like this more than both of those okay um because i think there's more quality content here with drake and migos there was like one or two or th- maybe three songs that were like oh that was pretty cool and mm. that was it but this one's at least got some songs on here that i was like i was like damn like that's why lil wayne is who he is like uh mona lisa um i didn't really a mess i really like because that's like an example of lil wayne um that's like an example of 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 take care lil wayne you know what i mean yeah 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 him sort of him sort of birthing out that movement 
um, Dedicate is cool. Like I, I and uh, Let It Fly with Travis Scott, I would think is pretty cool. I, they, I think that he complimented him really well. I like the um, I like the one with the Swizz Beats um, uproar. Yeah, I think. that's yeah, a, uproar. That's a really that's fun pretty song. Cool. Uh, and the the closing track, I think the one with uh, the Sanfa either feature or uh, sample something like that. Let it yeah, all work let out. it all work out. I thought that one was pretty good. He has a really like touching verse on there about like a suicide attempt he had when he was younger. Like it was kind of cool to uh, or interesting to hear little Wayne talk about, you know, some deeper subject matter that I'm used to him talking about. So I, I appreciate a lot of the songs on this record. It's just when there's 23 of them, a lot of them are. It gets lost in the. Yeah. Yeah. It gets lost in the mix. Yeah. But does, the thing is the thing, the thing that I have like above the Migos and the Drake record is that there's like, there's stuff here that's, actually creative <laughs> yeah i'll give you that <laughs> and it doesn't if there's a lot more commitment to this record it doesn't feel as half-assed like 23 song is it 23 yeah 23 mm-hmm. songs is too much i mean it's just yeah that's just it's just too yeah. much but um but at least there's 23 songs that i can listen all the way through and not feel like God, like I did at the end of the Migos record where I was just like by, you know, halfway through, I was like, I can't believe I have another hour of this shit to listen to. <laughs> yeah, I think it, I think a big reason for that is this record has a pretty good amount of variety, compared, especially compared to the Migos record and compared to the Drake record as well, I think. Um, but that said, that variety, you know, I like a lot of the, the more upbeat songs on here. Those ballads or whatever you want to call them that he's done throughout his career i've i've never gotten behind those and, yeah. and they don't sound any better here um yeah that aged really terribly <laughs> yeah right <laughs> because it was it was something in his early career that he was doing that was also cheesy back then and so you like double that down on 2018 and it's like oh my god right, right. it's it's weird though with some of these songs is because we've been waiting for carter five forever so some of these songs might be really old and some of them kind of sound old uh like the the kendrick song that sounds kind of like a good kid mad city era kendrick Mm -hmm. the travis scott sounds like it more so older travis scott and then the song with the shanti or whoever sounds like it's straight out of like the early 2000s i don't that song could have been recorded now or like 18 years ago and i'd believe you so it, yeah. it, it's just very interesting. I'm trying to figure out how many of these songs were recorded within the last like few months or so. Do you like that though? It, I find it or interesting. You... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to okay. take it away. It's just it's it's just an observation. Um, but those yeah, are cause... some of my favorite songs on there. So generally, okay. I guess I like that, even if the, even yeah. if they're old per se. Yeah, I uh, I. I thought that that was like you said. I thought that that was pretty interesting because like. It definitely sounds like uh, early two thousands. Like, like it sounds like Lil Wayne whenever he was at his peak, mm-hmm. right? Right, right. And and uh, but the way that it translates to now is like, it, there, you almost have like a fondness for the song before you even get through it, because you're like, oh, I recognize the style. That's really cool. Right. So like I thought that that was like he I thought he did a really good job of that, but um, 
yeah, I, I think I don't. I think overall, like with that, it. I don't know. It's interesting because like, <laughs> like part of me loves that idea that he's like bringing this style back, and it's you know nostalgic and it's comfy, but it's hard to like. It's hard to uh, <laughs> at, when you get set in that mode. It's hard to really objectively view yeah. things, yeah. and I think I get kind of caught up in that a little bit more than um, than I should. But I thought he did a good job with that. The style on this thing is uh, it's pretty good. It's not it's not the best Carter album by any means, but yeah, I'd say it's uh, pretty good. I'd say like Carter three is probably his like most creative achievement. I think I like mm-hmm. the Carter two the most, but you know, just kind of standing back, I'd say people are gonna remember Carter three as like Little Wayne's best album. Yeah, but that all Carter said, two is all of like my, his, yeah, go ahead. Carter Carter two <laughs> is like him showcasing his talent in the best way, I think. Yeah, and and my favorite Little Wayne projects, just in general, are all those drought mixtapes he used to do back in the day. I used to love oh, those. Oh right, yeah. And that's the the thing I love in all the ways Little Wayne has been influential. My favorite thing about him is that he really helped popularize the the mixtape aspect of rap. Like mixtapes weren't really that big of a deal before Little Wayne, and now you just see him everywhere. And I think yeah, that's, that's true. That's awesome. I think uh, I love mixtapes, and Little Wayne had some of the best mixtapes ever. So, um, I I really was a fan of Little Wayne back in the day. It's just he hasn't done anything lately that I could get behind. So, okay. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah, so overall, like, on this thing, like, my uh, my complaints about it are basically, like, I, I feel kind of very, I don't really have, like, m- very many, like, complex opinions about this. Mm-hmm. So I feel like on this, it was just, uh, there's way too much. There's just a glut of content mm-hmm. on here that doesn't need to be there. There's a lot of songs on here that, like, I forgot how they sound right. because there's just too many, um, which is a problem in and of itself. But um, I think Lil Wayne did a really good job of uh, surpassing my expectations for one, which honestly were not that high whenever I was going into to this. And then um, also just bringing back, just bringing back the style into 2018 and showing hip hop artists like that are currently borrowing from his style, like showing them why he is who he is and why they should, you know, just why they should be paying him respect for that. Right. I thought that, I thought that he did a really good job of that, but yeah, overall it's like, there's a lot more, there's a lot more forgettableness than there is memorableness. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think I agree. Um, I'm feeling a, a four on it, like close to a five, but a four. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. I'm. Uh, yeah, that's uh, you're pretty low on this thing. Though. Yeah, it's like eh. You know. Do you like hate stuff about it, or just like? I I hate. I genuinely hate the ballads. Uh, I <laughs> I hate that a lot of the forgettable songs kind of sound similar to one another. But it, really, it's yeah. the the songs with the features for the most part help make this album stand out. Which I don't know how much of that is because there are features on those songs. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, he kind of met my expectations. Um, 
I don't know. It's just, uh, if this was 10 tracks, I'd probably like this record. And I think he has, he's shown that he still can make a record that I like if he wants to. Um, but, you know, maybe on the Carter Six, he will. Okay. Yeah. That's, those are, those are really good points. Um, I'm at a, I, I'm still at a six on this. Okay. So, um, yeah. So yeah, two, I don't really yeah. have much else to say about it. I feel I feel bad. It was like like taking notes on this was kind of easy because it's you know yeah. I think I, I think it's because you know what you're getting into already with the Little Wayne album, right? And it's you know, and I I it, I didn't want to get caught up in the the hype, and I didn't want to get caught up in the like backlash to the hype either. So I kind of stayed away from all of that when this came out. I don't know yeah. how people are reacting to this, how critics are. It, you know, I just, I, I took a break from all of that with this album. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Just to have an objective view. Right. So, so yeah, that's Lil yeah. Wayne. Um, we nice. averaged about yeah. a five on that. Uh, where do you want to go next? Um, let's take, <clears throat> let's take a little detour. Ooh. Off of the hip hop route. Ooh. Okay. Okay. And uh, let's talk about. Somebody that has previously made an appearance on a top one of our top mm. fifty album of the years list before. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I think I know where you're be. going with this. Yeah. Mm, I hope so. <clears throat> yeah. So the uh, the Mitski record. Yes. Yeah. Uh, be the cowboy is the latest record from Mitski, who is a Japanese American indie rock musician, singer songwriter guitar player, etc. Um, Be the Cowboy has been a total critical darling. Uh, I believe the Metacritic right now is 87, uh, which is identical to the Metacritic of her last album, Puberty 2, in 2016. Mm -hmm. And that made your top 50, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Um, This is, I don't want to call it my introduction to Mitski, because I did hear a few songs from Puberty 2, uh, but I didn't really listen to the album front to back. So this is the first time I'm, you know, sitting with a Mitski record front to back. Um, I I really enjoyed this record. It's it's flawed, but I, I definitely like this one quite a bit. So, Well, interesting that this is the first, uh, you know, like your introduction, really, because this is like definitely a departure stylistically mm, okay. for Mitski. Because usually, because this album is, there's a lot more, uh, almost disco elements to it and a lot more synthesized like heavy production to it mm-hmm. or sleeker sleeker production to it um, Mitski's usually like super raw like and, lo-fi um, yeah lo-fi yeah kind of lo-fi but like just very heavy amp like just overcharged guitars uh, wailing vocals, like just very raw, passionate sort of uh, style. Okay. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. And, you know, heavy songwriting, heavy focus on the songwriting, as you probably could have guessed from from this album also. Right. Um, yeah, I I love this record. Mitski's great. I, I, Mitski is, is a gem in the indie rock world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this album is really well done. Uh, 
yeah, I, the style of it is really attractive. There's some songs on here that are just like some of the best songs of the year. Oh, for sure. Um, and uh, it has the opposite problem of the Lil Wayne record, where this is only 33 minutes, and there is um, there is a lot of quality over, uh, well, obviously over quantity, but mm. it's most it's it's mostly all quality. Mm-hmm. So, which is a great thing. That's always what I like to see. Yeah, I I actually my thing with the the structure of the uh, the album is um it's sure it's it's 32 minutes or 33 but it's only or not only it's 14 songs so each mm-hmm. song ends up being like a couple minutes or a minute and a half sometimes and so i kind of wish that it was still 33 minutes but like eight songs or nine songs um because a couple mm-hmm. of the songs on here while they sound good everything i think sounds good um the some of the song lengths just kind of make a few songs seem less like songs and more like interludes of sorts um so i, I kind of get lost in the uh the flow of the record as i'm going through it um that said okay. it, i agree with you there are some like song of the year candidates on here i think geyser is amazing mm. an incredible opener um and this is an example where Though it is less than three minutes, she manages to squeeze in a ton of musical ideas that uh, that are dynamic. They make coherent sense. Uh, it builds to this grand climax, um, and it leaves a huge impact despite the short song length. Um, whereas some of the other shorter songs on here, it's just kind of in one ear and out the other. It's all pleasant, though. Um, there's nothing here that I think is bad, per se. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh... So there's a lot of songs on here that are just uh, like a paragraph of lyrics and she and it's just like the same thing repeated over and over and that's you know they're like 2 minute long songs. Mm-hmm. So again, an album that's very heavily focused on thematics that are lyrical mostly. Um which I think, you know, that's I think is a really cool thing. Um Mitski does it really really well and it's it's kind of hard to do that because a lot of times it just comes off super super pretentious Mm. and you know sometimes it's like it's sometimes a thing where you you're trying to do what Mitski's doing and it just comes off um it just comes off miscommunicated and like and sounds like you're just you're not saying anything and you didn't really have any ideas so you just (laughs) made a minute long song off of you know um, but I think, you know, I think she does a really good job. I, I think I could see what you're saying though. 14 songs makes it feel like you're going to get a lot of stuff. Right. And I, you do get a lot of content on this, on this record, but, um, but there's, it, there's a lot of style switch ups. And so it can be a little bit, it can be a little bit too much at points, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, like I, I don't really have like a serious complaint about that. I think that I think she does a really I think that I'm I'm more attracted to the fact that she's trying this new style and I think that uh, I'm more attracted to the fact that she's like doing a really good job of capturing ideas in a new in a new uh, frame of mind than I am like oh I don't know if that you know worked for me as well so right. yeah but yeah uh, so uh, she she 
she does have a lot of variety on here, but it's all done well, I think. Um, the guys are in, in a few other songs, they have these like louder brass moments, these really mm-hmm. exciting moments. But then something like Two Slow Dancers or some of the other slower, um, more emotional songs, those hit pretty hard as well. Uh, so she she has a lot of, not only does she have a lot of talent, she has a lot of range with that talent. And so um, while I, I do love this record, uh, I think she can even get better from here. I think there's some uh, unrealized potential that's still here. Uh, so I'm excited mm-hmm. to hear what she does next. Yeah, that's a good point because this is this is uh, yeah definitely like the furthest departure that she's made. I think she did a really good job of it, and it's uh, so that that shows me that like there's just a, there's a lot of ideas there, and I think that you know she can definitely tackle whatever whatever she wants to go into because like yeah 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 she's just and you know she's gotten all of the the critical hype behind her now and she's getting like yeah main i figured that know, was gonna happen she's gotten like <laughs> she's gotten an article and you know like rolling stone and she had one in time magazine and stuff so hopefully she like kind of blows up uh, and maybe she yeah. has but um, npr loves her I oh know yeah that. i could see yeah. that yeah she's right up the npr alley there uh-huh. i like that um i don't have much more to say about this one um but i'm going eight on here i'm going like the the pitchfork like 8.1 but not quite best new music i'm going in that little pocket right there nice okay nice um yeah i i I think i think this this record is uh i don't know it's it's pretty high up there for me i'm not sure if it matches up with uh puberty 2 yet but like Mm. it's just it it's very distinct um, Nitsky's always had a pretty distinct style, even in the world of indie rock, which is kind of difficult to do, honestly. Yeah, no, seriously, props to her. Yeah, um, and I think that it, it goes, it, it really has a lot to do with her, just her being very unabashedly honest about her personality and kind of like putting it into her music, which is really cool. And she's just really, really good at songwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, I, I really, really like this record. I'm actually matching up with you at an eight okay. on this, too. Um, yeah, but, oh, man, Mitski, Mitski did it. Yes. I'm very I'm very happy with it and very happy with this one. I, I'm kind of interested to go back on her discography now because this record, it's so elegant to me. And if what you're saying is true, that sounds like it's fairly different, uh, her older I mean, stuff. she's got some really, like, beautiful songs here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like this definitely feels a lot more sleek okay. to me than, uh, than, than previous stuff that I've heard from her. Sounds good. Um, so that puts us at an eight for Mitski. I almost said Miguel, um, Mitski. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while for Miguel. A little um, bit different. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so let's, uh, let's move on. Um, there's two left. I- I'm letting you pick which one. Dang. All right. I guess I got reins on all of these. Yeah. One of them we're going to talk about now. The other we're going to talk about in like seven minutes. So it's <laughs> stakes are low here. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, okay. Then let's uh, let's talk about the the kids' favorite boy band these mm. days. Yes. Yes. I too am a fan of Twenty One Pilots. Um, yes. Oh. Uh, ooh, ah. 
Oops. Speaking of, I think um. they just came out with an album, I think, like literally on Friday. Um, I kind of want to skip that one. We're just going to not acknowledge that one. So I'm not listening to it. I had no intention. Of that. And that's the under the scope review of the new 21 pilot uh, pilots album. <laughs> Quoted. I'm not listening to that. I have no interest. Critics in love it. Patrick from under the scope says, I'm not listening to this. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Brock Hampton, um, they are an alternative hip hop boy band. Uh, their words that met through an online hip hop forum uh, and is now based in California. Uh, their newest album is freaking Ir- millennials. Yeah, right. It, a really cool <laughs> story though. They met on that that Kanye forum. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it's really cool. And we've you know it, we've talked about this group before um, a few months ago when they uh, removed one of their members for sexual assault allegations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that member Amir Van is not present on this record at all. Um, this record is iridescence. Uh, it's in all lowercase as opposed to their three saturation mixtapes, which are all capitalized. And I'm just going to say it. I'm done with this capitalization or lowercase. Hey, man, it shows that they've really made a change. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, now we're all lowercase just because we got serpent with feet on this record. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, right. He uh, probably came in. He's like, oh, guys, you know what you should do. <laughs> Actually, I, I loved that feature when I heard it because none of the cre- uh, the features are credited. But you could hear serpent with feet at the end of the song just doing his vibrato thing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's this sounds great. I love serpent with feet. Um, but yeah, this album uh, – it's i guess it's their first official quote-unquote album um when a group changes up their style which they have here uh it's often a joke to kind of ask if this is their kid a right um in an interview kevin abstract has stated that this album was inspired by kid a so yes iridescence is brockhampton's kid a Uh, that's (laughs) we, we can get that out of the way um there are a lot of changes here. Uh, the most obvious change is the removal of Amir Van, who I support the band's decision, obviously, but he was my favorite member just from a rapping perspective. I thought he was the best rapper in the group. That said, it, we're, uh, with a group as diverse as Brockhampton and with as many members as they have, the loss of one good member doesn't really hold them back all that much. Um because mm, Kevin yeah. Abstract is still great. Um, Merlin and Joba still bring a lot of hype. Uh, Bareface brings a lot of uh, really pleasant sounding uh, hooks and, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, like bridges and whatnot. Um, so there's still yeah. a lot of balance here and a lot of variety. Um, what did you think of this? Did, did you like it more than the saturation mixtapes? I'm kind of feeling about the same with this one. Yeah, I um, I I don't know. I feel I feel about the same. Maybe like honestly, a tiny bit more negative about this one mm-hmm. um, than the saturation. But like, I'm honestly like I've felt very consistently kind of like uh, not meh about Brockhampton, but just like. I like I I know that there's so much talent and so many ideas there, but this like they just don't really get fleshed out in a very like cohesive or concise way. Yeah. 
And so listening through to a Brockhampton record like last year and this and this one now is kind of a chore. Yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah, because like there's some like there's there, there's some songs on here that are so o- overall this is always something that I found with Brockhampton is that their production is like stellar almost all the time. Yes. Even on the songs that are super freaking cheesy, <laughs> yeah. um, their production is still really, really well done. But just the placement of of their songs is a little bit obvious. They do a lot of like, okay, party song, party song, sad song, yeah, party, you know, like that kind of thing, just to be like, oh, you know, this is a complex record where, like that kind of thing. So that's they they do a lot of that, which is you know whatever. That's a good point. But the but the biggest complaint I've had with these is that there's not really an overall theme to any like it, it feels like they're supposed to be, but I never can catch on to what an overall theme on any of these records is. And there's just a lot of there's so many good ideas that a lot of them seem unnecessary because it's like they're like, oh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. And they're just throwing all of them into there. That's I also agree with that. That's man. You're coming at it with these points right now. They're, you're on fire. Your, your, nice. Yeah, well taken points. Well taken. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, I the, there's some really cool songs on here. Really cool production on here. But I, like, I'm pretty much feeling the same ish. I think that the only like more negative maybe I could feel on this is that like there's <laughs> there's more cheesiness on this <laughs> than than there was uh, in most yeah in in the saturation records. Yeah. And I don't, I really don't like when Brockhampton does this. <laughs> like, I am, uh, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, because actually a couple of my favorite songs on here. Here's my, here's my thing. I, I like this record as much as I like Saturation 1 or Saturation 2, but for like entirely different reasons this time around. Like on those Saturation mixtapes, my favorite songs were the ones that, you know, sounded the best in the car and i thought had the best rapping on them this time i Mm. love the 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 more sensitive tracks this time around i think i love thug life um i think san marcos is pretty good admittedly pretty cheesy with the children's choir but i like it anyway yeah um and then my other kind of like weird surprise with this record Going into this, my favorite members were, you know, Amir, uh, and then Kevin Abstract and like Dom. This time, my favorite members are uh, Merlin and Joba, the ones that have like this really hyped, aggressive delivery. They bring me back into the album experience. Um, it's just, it's very weird. It surprised me with what I liked and didn't like on this record versus what I expected to enjoy coming into it. So it's kind of weird. Okay. But overall, I'm with you on the idea that they have uh, they undeniably have a ton of creativity and a, a load of potential but they're kind of just throwing a lot at a wall and seeing what sticks and i'm waiting for them to just that one project where they just nail it from beginning to end i i'm waiting for that i yeah. i don't think we've received that yet but um well they put out so much content i mean i feel like it's bound to happen um and I do feel like they all collaborate with each other really well. You can tell that there's a lot of chemistry on these records. Um, and I think that that's part of the attraction to Brockhampton is that you can like, you really feel like the supportive nature of, 
of each other and like just the just the collaborative nature that they all have you can definitely feel that on the records but i think that gets a little bit i think that is a flaw in itself it's kind of like the uh, what is it the never hire your friends thing yeah yeah where it's like it, it, there's almost like too much going on you're like yeah man just do whatever you want and then like it, too much of it gets thrown in and then you're kind of lost into like okay these, these are all cool ideas but there's no like distilling going on right right um not a lot of cohesion but, but yeah yeah but but like i don't know i i think that um song to song i like this record more than i do as a whole um, yes, and that's with everything for me. Every one of their projects to me is like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're, uh, yeah. Yep. Um, my my final thought here is, you know, I'm I'm, I think the rapping is a little worse on here in general than it is on, uh, the first couple of saturations. Um, so that kind of took me out of it a little bit, and I think they are, maybe oversaturating the market a little bit right now. I mean, I know they called their mixtape saturation, presumably to kind of get ahead of that criticism, but yeah. but I feel like, you know, put all your effort into one album that is just fantastic beginning to end and then let it sit for a year or two. That's okay. Uh, I'm going, uh, I'm going like a solid seven on this. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, that's, that's a pretty good point about that. The interesting, I I thought that that um, idea of them putting out because this is part of another trilogy too, isn't it? Yep, it's like the best years of our lives trilogy or something like that. Yeah, so I'm assuming I'm assuming that that's not going to come out this. The rest of it's not going to come out this year. Oh, you just because, wait. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> damn, <laughs> just we'll like see. every month. <laughs> um, but in in any case, like okay, so they're doing that again. Last year, they released the entire Saturation trilogy. Um, and uh, I mean, I think I kind of, I understand what they're doing. It's like they're they're basically just trying to throw so much content out there that like you can't ignore it. And it's not a bad idea because it's got them to where they are. They have a lot of really good content. So like, I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? try to just flood the market with stuff if you have good content because they definitely do um but you but like album to album it's just like like looking at it and like taking it from that standpoint it's like there's there's too much going on um and i i just can't put a pin on like what i'm supposed to feel after i'm done with the brockhampton record right so I understand the attraction to them. I think they're I think they're great. I think that they have I think they definitely nailed down what they're about and like how they want to represent themselves and then um I think they've nailed down like how to collaborate with each other as well. So what they need to do now is figure out a way to collaborate with each other and then like make decisions thematically on what they're going to do for an album. Right. <laughs> Cause it's kind of just like, it's kind of just a mess of some really cool shit thrown together. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Overall, I, uh, I don't really have any much else to say on this. Um, overall I'm, I'm like at a six on this, okay. which is pretty much how I am on, I'm like six to seven on all their 
saturation records too. You uh you completely or you can uh you successfully changed my mind on the saturation thing. I think you're right. I, it's harder to stand out nowadays with the ability for anyone to release music and the access we have to a bunch of different music. So keep releasing stuff if you want. Um, yeah. Well, I think that it also like they kind of nailed it too, because it's like now if you're a new band and you're releasing one album a year, um, one album a year from like a few years ago would be like, man, this group is putting out a lot of content. Right. But now it's like you put out one album and then wait a year and like your whole fan base might have forgotten about you. It's a shame. So, yeah, I mean, I understand what they're doing. I mean, yeah. I think it's a good idea, but music in 2018 kind of overwhelming. Yeah. All right, yeah. That, that puts us out. Not of, like it used to be. <laughs> back in the good old days. Uh, so that puts us at a six and a half. Um, we have one more and then hopefully get through our, our recommendations after this. Um, spir- yes. Spiritualized and Nothing Hurt. Um, Spiritualized is a, a space rock band Ooh, from England. Mm. Uh, their most acclaimed record, Ladies and Gentlemen, We Are Floating in Space was released mm. 21 years ago. Uh, so this band is kind of legendary in the indie music scene. Um, oh, yes. I uh, I enjoyed this record much more than I expected to. Uh, I've never been, like, huge on them outside of, like, Hey Jane, which is one of my 25 favorite songs, like, ever, period. Great. Love that yeah. song. It, ladies and gentlemen, I've only heard a couple times, and, you know, I think it's really cool, but I don't hold it to the same regard as everyone else so i I was kind of excited going into this one um and you know rarely does a band continue to make great music two decades after their peak but you know this this album does a nice job of balancing the whole cohesion versus variety dynamic um they do the slower songs well uh they do the um like the more you know louder noisier moments well Anyone who listens to this podcast consistently understands that I'm kind of a sucker for those start from something simple and gradually, subtly build into this big climax. They do that Mm -hmm. plenty of times here very well. Um, You know, a a couple of duds, but in general, this is pretty good. Uh, It's a pretty good album. Hmm. Nice. I really like this album. Um, I was kind of nervous going into this because it's been so long uh, for them. Uh, Six well, I guess years, it hasn't I been, Yeah, like 2012, yeah, I, I which guess, is a long time. I, guess, I mean, that's... Yeah, I, I guess uh, it hasn't been like super, super long, but I've been thinking it's been like really long because uh, my standard that I have for them is ladies and gentlemen, which is right. know, over 20 years old, right. um, which I love. I, that, I, I, that album is, is great to me. I, I think it's, I think it's, um, yeah, I understand it's iconic status a lot. So, um, yeah, this one is, I, I really, I really like this album. They did such a good job of, um, setting it apart stylistically from their other work, which is what I was kind of nervous about. I was kind of nervous about, uh, this thought that like, Oh, you know, it, it'll definitely be, it, it is definitely a spiritualized record, but I was like, I was nervous. It was going to be like, Oh, this kind of just, you, you could throw it in a mix of all their other albums and not be able to tell it apart. 
but there's so much more lavish orchestration on this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's quite a few callbacks, I think, to earlier works, like especially with the intro track. That intro track is very reminiscent of the intro track on Ladies and Gentlemen, just with the way that the slow kind of like waltzy pace and then just like the build up, the vocal build ups and everything. But again, it has its own distinct style because there's so there's so much of that lavish orchestration going on behind. Um, and to to that point, yeah. real quick, uh, morning after kind of has a, a Hey Jane part two, uh, like mm. uh, lyrical structure to it. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of another example of them calling back but remaining fresh, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So, um, yeah, I, overall, I think that, I think that this is a really well done record. It's just, it's just gorgeous. That's basically what it is Mm -hmm. for me. There's not like, there's not that same distinct feeling of like innovation or, um, or, uh, or, or even just like a, a real distinct sound that you're like, Oh, I've never really heard that before. Um, even outside of spiritualized this album's like it's really well done it's very well produced but it's not it's not anything um it's not anything that's blowing me away but it's i think it's gorgeous that's kind so. of that's my complaint as well there's there's not enough experimentation for me a few of the songs seem pretty straightforward uh there's this kind of drabness that comes with that uh, so it does kind of let me down a little bit, but I agree. The instrumentation especially is just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the and they've always been really well at just arranging music, but I think that they do some of the their best work on this album because there's so many there's so many good ideas, and uh, and they and they and they bring them together in such a well structured way, kind of the opposite of the Brockhampton thing. <laughs> 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 no, that's that's fair i think my my big takeaway from this overall is just i'm happy i enjoy a spiritualized album released in 2018 as much as i do um I, yeah same here yeah i was like yeah. i didn't think i was gonna i thought i was gonna either like album of the year or like uh like five out of ten right you're right yeah whereas but I, I'm, I'm pleasantly yeah i'm like pleasantly surprised and i'm like oh it's really good i don't know if it's it's not album of the year but it's like you know i it it it's really really it's really good yeah i'm at that uh that just shy of an eight seven out of ten that's where i'm at oh okay yeah okay. i'm uh oh i'm i'm at an eight i'm just i'm at an eight Nice. I just want to give them an eight, just because I like spiritualized. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of unbiased reviewing you get <laughs> on Under the Scope. Yeah, right. Um, no, I uh, I do I do really like this record. I think that every time I go back through it, it's just very immersive. Um, I'm not. It's not like super fulfilling like once you're done listening through to it because you're not hearing anything that's like wow what an amazing you know distinct feeling but it's so easy to just get lost in the beauty of it that you know i i can't deny that and i think song to song there's just so much uh, quality content on here yeah so yeah there you go there's my eight (laughs) all right uh there there you go now you sold it uh so now so we're at a seven (laughs) instead of like "Ah, i'm just gonna give them an eight because i like (laughs) that's fantastic uh yeah we're we're so seven and a half for spiritualized 
we've got about 40 minutes left in the podcast, so if we keep each of these to around five minutes or so, we should be good. Um, nice. But we've got, so each of us has individual recommendations uh, that we want to, you know, we want to get you guys into stuff that, you know, maybe wasn't on your radar the past few months. Some stuff we've been bumping lately that uh, we dug a lot and think you mm-hmm. might as well. And we're going to try to convince you on why. Um, I like to do awards with these as well. Or I guess both of us do. Uh, who wants to start? I guess you, I'll start. You start off. Yeah, yeah. You, you start off because I picked all of the records. Oh, right, so. right. Okay, that's that's a good reason. Um, so the uh, the award for, just straight up, the best album of quarter to three. Um, nice. Yeah, right, just keep it simple with this one. Uh, Arm and Hammer, Paraffin. Mm-hmm. Um, Arm and Hammer is an abstract underground hip-hop duo uh, based in New York City consisting of Elucid and Billy Woods. Um, the, the mark of any great rap duo is their ability to complement each other. Um, ideally the two members kind of, they share the same ethos, um, but they approach that ethos with different rapping styles that pair nicely. Uh, I think Outkast is like a really good example of that, where they both have like a similar artistic vision on their best records, but Andre 3000 sounds nothing like Big Boy. Uh, Andre's eclectic style versus Big Boy's like more aggressive Southern style. Uh, but they fit perfectly. It's kind of like the cliched, you know, like peanut butter and jelly or whatever. Um, on the other hand, I think Clips with Pusha T and Malice, um, they were more like peanut butter and peanut butter. Uh, like, I, I love Clips. I love peanut butter sandwiches. Um, but you know, that little bit of jelly would have been nice. I always felt that one of the members in that group should have been the yin to the other's yang. Um, it's this, again, it's this kind of cohesion versus variety balance I keep striving for when I'm listening to music. Arm and Hammer are a brilliant example of that in action. Uh, they both enjoy rapping over these like nocturnal, moody, uh, often abrasive production. Uh, they both share similar political views and philosophies, and they both commit to this really heady style of abstract lyricism. But their deliveries couldn't be any more different. Um, Elucid raps kind of like a like Raekwon from Wu Tang. He has this really raspy and nasty voice. Uh, his flows are very fluid and technically impressive. But my my man Billy Woods, on the other hand, he has a more direct voice. Um, He's using his clear, loud voice, not really to rap, but to kind of rant. He's just speaking to you about whatever's on his mm-hmm. mind. Um, it's much slower than a lucid rapping, but again, it's this counterbalance that that fits perfectly. Uh, the lyrics on here, um, they, you know, they're they're fantastic. Once you either figure out the meaning or figure out like your own meaning. Uh, one of the lyrics that kind of stood out to me, it's on this song, No Days Off. Uh, it's a song about doing whatever sort of illegal or dirty work you need to in order to survive, like selling drugs or stripping or whatever. But Billy Woods takes a moment to say, um, let me find it here. Oh, he says, on the sixth day, my father looked and should have been dismayed. Maybe go ahead and come in on, on Sunday, I'm just saying. So to me, he's kind of saying like, you know, maybe if God decided to work on the seventh day instead of resting 
maybe everyone else wouldn't have to sell drugs and strip just to get by. It, there's a lot of philosophy and religion and you know politics that kind of underlie the lyrics on here. Uh, there's just so much brilliance on this record in that regard. Um, the production is equally fantastic. Uh, it's dark, it's experimental, it's catchy sometimes, it's grimy, and it utilizes beat switches wonderfully, like better than any rap album I've heard recently. Um, yeah, I could I could go on, but I'll just kind of leave it at that. Uh, check out this Arm & Hammer record, 9 out of 10. Damn, nice. Really good. It's really good, and there's no... There's no really weak spot on there for me. So the, the, yeah. my one complaint is like sometimes the the mixing, uh, the beat overpowers the rapping just from a sound perspective. That's about all I've got. Like other than that, this is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So the, this is that was my uh, I guess the first Billy Woods or Elusive project that I've listened to in full. Oh, really? Um, or the Nostrum Crashers. Yeah. Elucid's on that, yeah. Which, oh, that's right. Whichever one you listen to first, I that, guess. Yeah, yeah. I listen to Nordstrom Grocers first, which is really cool too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I was I was really impressed by it. Um, man, yeah, dude, you nailed it with the uh, Elucid's delivery and everything. Just like how it's like, just very aggressive and <laughs> yeah. Um, like yeah like he's talking at you but i thought that was so cool he kind of breaks a fourth wall almost when he's when he's rapping yeah yeah it's they're just they complement each other so well nice yeah that's cool i'm glad that you liked that so much kind of like we complement each other we got the same goals in mind but you know we're we're two different people with different opinions so yeah, we're the exact same exact same way as exactly. Elizabeth and Billy Woods. Except we're both Billy Woods. We're just kind of ranting at you. We're both Billy Woods <laughs> yeah. in this scenario. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's um, that's mine. That's my first one. Nice. Okay, well since you did your best Ooh. quarter three album, I will give my award for the best yes. quarter three album. Yes. And that goes to Def Haven. Oh. With Ordinary Corrupt Human Love. All right. Um, yeah, Def Haven is a metal, yeah, heavy metal. I, I guess I guess they're in the metal genre. They're heavy metal. Um, I mean, I don't know. Some metalhead might listen to this and be like, no, they're actually <laughs> ash burnt, heavy, <laughs> bone core. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, so they're they're metal, and, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> no, uh, they're they're a metal group. They've uh, they've gotten a lot of critical acclaim in the past for um, their albums New Bermuda and Sunbather, which um, I listened to some of those, and I haven't listened to, to them in full. But I was always like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that sounds really cool. This is the first Def Haven record that I'm like, okay, we're gonna do this. We're gonna listen to this front to back. And damn, I'm impressed. This is really, really cool. So, um, it's there's a lot of emotionally charged melodies, both in the instrumentals and in the uh, and and just in the, like the vocals as well. Um, stylistically, it's there's a lot. The instruments are kind of brought out front, 
and then the the vocals are set back and they're kind of just like they just surround everything and i think that's such a cool um a cool style choice for because usually not usually but like sometimes a lot of times with the with metal records you hear the vocals are brought very prominently out front and um and the instrumentals are really there too, but everything's kind of just brought out right in front of you. The, on this record, the vocals are pulled back a lot more, and you're listening more subtly. So you're you're a lot more engaged in the lyrics than you might previously be. And the lyrics on here are pretty stellar as well. They're very poetic, which is typical for a metal record, especially one like this where it's like, emotionally charged um so you know there's like a little bit of maybe pretension that you can see going on there which is kind of common i think in this genre but um i think i mean overall it's like this the the balance between the instrumentation and the lyricism and this and the uh the overall style is so well done um there's a lot of there's a lot of switches in instrumental choices like in style choices here and there like um it, it'll build up for a while and then all of a sudden just break down with this really heavy guitar and drum patterns and they do it in a way that's not exhausting you like you're engaged and you want more and more and it's just like it's it's feeding you um yeah, and, and I think overall on the on the whole album, they do such a good job of keeping that consistent and and keeping you engaged throughout the whole thing. Um, I think this album and the Rolo Tomasi album are my favorite metal records that I've heard this year, and both have similar um, similar styles to them. I'd say, which is me thinking like oh maybe this is my like the area of metal that i like the most so mm. um so i'm probably going to try to explore a little bit more of this so if any of you metalheads listening know exactly what genre <laughs> this is then tell me bonecore um anyway but um uh, yeah overall yeah this is i i love this record i'm i I, I think that it's I think that it's great. There's a lot of quality content on here, um, instrumentally, vocally, and lyrically. Just a just a really dense project. Uh, I'm gonna give out my my latest nine yes. to this as well. Yes, I I agree that it, it along kind of it's similar to Rolo Tomasi in that. They they do metal that's like melodic, but not in a corny or cheesy way. Like they yeah, manage to exactly. balance that very well. I love Canary Yellow. I love the opening mm. track. The rest of it, I kind of need to give a couple more listens. I so I don't have like a definitive opinion on this one yet. But um, but yeah, there's there's a lot to like about it. It just hasn't drawn me back. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, bless you. Thank you. And that's our first podcast sneeze. That's our first podcast sneeze. <laughs> yes. All right. So a nine for you. Uh, and yes. I think we I might think have... I've had, yeah. I've had at least one nine on each of these quarter podcasts this year, which I've, is yeah. crazy. I've had more nines this year and one coming up that, um, that yeah, Uh-oh. compared to years past, I've had fewer nines. So more nine records this year. Um, 
Yeah, nice. this this year's just been great. Um, but for my next one, I'm doing the uh, the I can't believe Pitchfork only gave this a six point eight award. Kind of narrows down the field of possible choices. Um, this is uh, Idols, Joy as an Act of Resistance. Yes. Yeah. Right. So Idols is an English punk band. Um, so yeah, Pitchfork gave this a six point eight, but the Metacritic is an eighty eight out of a hundred. So Pitchfork is kind of in the minor uh, the minority here. Um, as the title implies, this album is fun as hell. It's energetic. It's cathartic. It's anthemic. It's danceable punk music. Um, I could have seen them play in St. Louis recently, but I messed up and wasn't in town. I'm sure it would have been. Dang. Yeah, probably would have been an awesome show. Um, the choruses are impeccable throughout, and I'm always singing along in my car, uh, whether I'm yelling like AAA or whether I'm literally just spelling the word great at the top of my lungs. <laughs> this album's a lot of fun. Um, much like the Parquet Courts record, that I love from earlier this year. Uh, the raw, visceral instrumentation kind of sets the stage for song topics that I can totally get behind. Um, on here, Idols tackles immigration on the song Danny D- Nadelko. And the, uh, the artwork for this single has a quote that says, Rome wasn't built in a day nor solely by the Romans. So that's kind of the perspective they're taking on that song. Um, on television, they criticize how the media encourages uh, this like insane standard of beauty. And on the song Samaritans, they discuss the dangers of to- uh, like toxic masculinity, even though they're one of the most stereotypically masculine bands I could ever think of. Uh, so they, they, they tackle a lot of different topics on different songs um, in a way that is still like really catchy and not preachy at all. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just I don't have a ton to say other than like much of the appeal is obvious when you listen to it. So just listen to it. Um, mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Brief, brief sidebar. So they very clearly reference Katy Perry when they say uh, I kissed a boy and I liked it. Right. Like they're referencing. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, since I know they like to reference songs, I are they referencing like block party and kids see ghosts and death grips on some of these other choruses or am i just like imagining things i don't know they seem like a like band what? so like uh love song they like, do yeah like they do like goes and it goes and it goes yeah like so that. like is that like a death grips reference on television the chorus they do like the i feel free like is that supposed to be a kids see ghost thing i don't know are they supposed to be mm, doing block party i didn't think about that they do that, uh, this modern love, like, is, is that supposed to be a block party thing? I don't know. So at first I, I was like... I see the block party thing because they're English. Right, and they're kind of punk, you know? So, yeah. Mm. But I don't know. They kind of seem like a band that would do that. It, it might just be a coincidence, but I've picked up on so many possible references that I'm starting to kind of believe they're intentional. I don't know. I kind of I like that. I kind of like this, uh, I kind of like this thought. Because the way they say "I feel free," like it, it sounds like they're going for that, but I'm not, I'm not sure. And then the death yeah, grips thing true. too. So, so I don't know. Maybe I'll just have to ask them when I meet them. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you missed your chance. <laughs> I should, I should have gone to the concert. So be like, listen, guys. <laughs> hey, are you guys referencing death grips on this uh, on Colossus? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so either way, just go listen to this thing. This is a nine out of ten. It's so fun. 
Just listen to it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an easy recommendation. So there you super, go. Super, super energetic and very accessible as well. Yes. Yeah, right, right. It's, it's not one of those I have to explain too much of what's great about it. You'll get yeah. it. Hopefully. Hopefully you like it. But 6.8, they're tripping. Yeah. Yeah, damn. I, I was I, I was about to say like they're uh yeah that's that's one of the more uh like one of the more undeserved low scores that I've seen from them. Yeah, it's a shame. Maybe yeah. they're not really into Katy Perry, Kitsy Ghost, Death Grips, and Block Party either. I don't know. We'll see. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. All right. Uh, go ahead. All right. All right. Well, since damn, dude. I have another nine on this as yes, well. Yes, let's keep it going. So, yeah, this is a great <laughs> quarter. Um, and one of the most surprisingly, like, whoa, where did this come from records that I've heard this year is Double Negative by mm. the band Low. Mm. Um, damn, I didn't I don't know, I didn't know previously who Low was. I didn't have any indication about this thing coming out. Um, and then and then I just saw like, oh, this is getting pretty pretty stellar reviews. Let's check out what this is. Um, labeled as an indie rock album. And then you play it, and this is one of the most distinct projects I've heard in a long time, not just this year. But mm-hmm. this is like an incredibly stylistic, this, or stylistically distinct project. And so I'm, I was immediately drawn in by that. There's a lot of very hazy production that sort of vibes in and out like, like a heartbeat kind of. Um, and extremely warped vocals, melodic choruses and verses, um, a lot of interpolation with like with with the singing, with the vocals and 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 harmonic moments. Um, so all really cool stuff going on. But the way that they the way that they present it on this album um, is so thematic and immersive it's just like it's it's one of the coolest feelings i think i've gotten from an album in a long time um lyrically like this album is pretty interesting i mean there's a lot of very simple lyrics on here um so on one of my i think my favorite song on here on uh, the song always trying to work it out which is probably the more accessible song, one of the more accessible songs on this album. This guy's literally just talking about seeing so, seeing somebody that he has had a past relationship with. Um, there's complicated feelings. Seeing this person at a store and then like ruminating on the thought of like, oh, I should have done something. I should have said something. This person probably hates me. Like that very simple uh, lyrics, but the way that it's presented is just so like eerie, and uh, because of the instrumentation and just how warped and and strange the uh, beat is with this. Um, so the 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 uh, and that's that's the other thing on a lot of this record. There's this pulsating drum pattern that kind of goes in and out, and it drags the music with it, so that when it hits, everything kind of like collapses in on itself. And it's like overtaking everything, so the vocals aren't even 
the main focal point of it, which I thought was just so bizarre and cool. Um, yeah, like this album is so cool. It just gets me excited, like, like talking about it. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I was just, I'm just impressed overall by this thing. There's, there's not much else I need to say. Just super cool and surprisingly accessible as well. It's not, it's experimental, but it's just like, it's just, you get it like right away what's going on. Um, yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a nine out of 10 for me as well. Nice. I, um, I got to listen to it again, I guess, because I, I gave it a couple listens and I just, I couldn't get into it. I, I don't know. Really? If, yeah. I, I don't know what it was. It was, I don't know. Was it like too drony or too just, even for me, like, I, I think I listened to some experimental stuff, but this, like you said, there's nothing really that I've heard that's like this record. So I think that was the immediate draw for me. And then everything else was just like, um, you know, past that was like, all right, this is all really great stuff going on here. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I don't want to rate it myself cause I don't think I know it enough to rate it, but you know, I mean, check it out. It, it's gotten great reviews everywhere else too. So yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a, obviously huge fan of this thing yeah. and i'm yeah yep that's our fourth straight nine it's a nine crazy now. yeah so will it continue on my third album no um <laughs> so this damn <laughs> so there you go um so this award is for the best aesthetic of quarter three i think you probably know where i'm going with this um mm. blood orange uh negro yes. swan so I've I've always wanted to love a Blood Orange album. I've I've loved the idea of Blood Orange more than I've loved like the music itself. Um, I've always loved like his mission statement, but I haven't always loved the execution. Uh, he, what I love about him is that he always strives to be inclusive with his music. He always supports those who are viewed as outcasts or those who are viewed uh, like negatively by society. Seems like a really wholesome guy. Um, he described this album as, quote, an exploration into my own and many types of black depression, an honest look at the corners of black existence and the ongoing anxieties of queer people slash people of color, a, a reach back into childhood and modern traumas and the things we do to get through it all. The underlying thread through each piece of, on the album is the idea of hope and the lights we can try to turn on within ourselves with hopefully a positive outcome of helping others out of their darkness. So obviously a, an idea I can get behind. Um, yeah. It's kind of consistent with the rest of his music as well. Here, I think, I just think he gets better and better musically as his career progresses. Um, I think Negro Swan is his most focused project yet, or at least like the most focused I've ever heard him. Um, much like the Mitski record, in my opinion, a few of these songs feel more like interludes, but in this case, I think they contribute more to the flow of the record and the narrative of the record more so than the songs I didn't care for as much on the Mitski. Um, this is an album where, unlike the Brockhampton one, uh, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Um, there mm -hmm. aren't a ton of songs that I like to just pluck out and listen to um, by themselves. But this is one of those records where I enjoy just pressing play on the first song, 
and just letting it ride until the very end. Uh, musically, Dev Hines brings a lot of the drum machines and serene instrumentation we've come to expect. Uh, he creates an aesthetic drenched in like 1980s pop uh, that's filled with guest vocalists and that's blended with several different genres. Um, this album has a lot of catchy moments on it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And a couple of my favorite songs on here demonstrate his great ability to finish a song. Uh, the last minute of Saint, the last 30 seconds of Charcoal Baby, those are some of the best musical moments all year. Um, and then uh, songs that demonstrate kind of his ability to craft a song from beginning to end, uh, Orlando, Nappy Wonder, Dagenham Dream. Uh, they're just, just fantastic, genre-less, I guess, uh, songs that are accessible, but that fit into this narrative he's going for. Um, I wish it had more, like, songs that stand out that I can pluck out and listen just individually on shuffle or what have you. Uh, but I'm enjoying the full experience every time. So it gets an eight for me. Nice. Yeah. I, I really liked that record too. There's a, there's a lot of songs on there that are like just incredibly well crafted. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that the, the, the aesthetic on it is just, I mean, it, he nails it. Nails. It's just, it's, yeah, it's great. It's just such a good feeling overall. He's a, um, he's a really fascinating artist, a very interesting creative mind. I would like to like yeah. pick his mind one day because he's he's very interesting, I think. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Yeah. So yeah. Awesome album art too. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Nice. Yeah, good call with that one. Uh, all right, so my next album is the Will might also have this album on his Ooh. and if you do, I'm sorry, but I gotta talk about it because this thing is great. Yes. Do this it. This is the album from Hermit and Recluse. Yes. Orpheus versus the Sirens. Are you were you planning on talking about this? I was, but I can I can uh, either improvise or add on to what you're saying. Yeah, we could talk like a little bit together, I guess. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Okay. Dang, I did, I mean, I, I, uh, Ka, I was um, introduced to by you uh, on in 2016 mm -hmm. um, when you uh, when you placed him in your top 50 list. Yes. Um, and I, you know, I I was really impressed. I thought that it was cool. Um, similar kind of thing with like the Milo stuff where I was like, wow, this is really cool, stylish. Like, but with Ka, he's, he's more, I'd say he's, he's, um, a better, just a better rapper overall. Mm -hmm. I think Milo is like more interesting stylistically. Yes. But, um, Ka, I, I think is just a better, better rapper. Um, so this was just a huge surprise to me though, because like, this is one of the coolest ideas. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard not only for like a record, but especially for a hip hop project. And he just nails it. <laughs> like the production on here is just very ethereal and strange. And like, um, I mean, the, the whole the, it's it's centered around obviously the story of Orpheus, and um, yeah, I mean, it, there's there's a lot of thematic elements of like the sirens, but then they play into like the modern day thing of like oh 
sirens, like right. police versus uh, the African Americans, um, and, and and which I thought was just like it, it's amazing. It's such a great simple idea, and he just, and he nailed all of those elements yeah. on here. I, I called this my my award. I was going to go for this was uh, my favorite album concept of quarter three. Uh, yeah. To, to everything you're saying, and plus, like some of the more individual songs, they kind of carry on this Greek mythology. Like Atlas is a song about how he feels right. like he's he's carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders, right? Like that's oh, that's pretty clever. And Oedipus is a song about family, and the punishment of Sisyphus is a song about humility, and it's just this. This interesting, uh, creative way to make one of the most cohesive records of the year. Um, this whole concept of comparing and making everything relevant to Greek mythology could have easily been like the cheesiest thing I've heard all year, but it's not. This is just, yeah. it's so well done. It's not just a lesson in Greek mythology. It's him relating Greek myths to his own life, and it's it's just it's incredibly well done. From the concept, it's really, yeah, it's really intelligent the way that he handled it, and just so you can tell, there's so much care put into it, and like you said, it's like because this, I mean, it's a it's a very simple concept, and it's like, oh yeah, that would be cool, but you have to be so careful with stuff like that, or else it ends up like you know logic kind of stuff, <laughs> where you're like you you're just you're you're more interested in the idea than you are the actual content that's being put into it. <laughs> but uh we always find a way to get out. it logic shout out to here. logic <laughs> shout out oh i love it though yeah you, you there the way that he interpolates the themes of of uh greek mythology to hey, wait, modern hey, day hey, hey sorry you cut out for a second can you start that again <laughs> oh shit yeah sorry about that <laughs> this is this is the uh the cost of doing the podcast the way that we do it <laughs> um all i was saying was just i i was very impressed by um basically just repeating what you said just confirming that the thematic elements on here how he how he interpolates that with current issues and does it in such a way that's like it really makes you think and it's also it's just very it's satisfying to listen to because it gets you thinking about this stuff, but it's not in a in a way that's like preachy at all. It's just like it's using examples of things of stories that were told centuries ago and being like, hey, this is how this stuff still applies. And it, I think that's just such an into like a very wise way of uh, of looking at uh, social issues. Yeah, so. and he, he takes this concept, he gives it to you in an appropriate amount of time, and then leaves. This is only 32 uh-huh. minutes, but he says everything he needs to say. I think if modern Lupe Fiasco had the same concept, he would have made like an 80-minute album with like <laughs> five different interludes and just made it like pretentious as hell. A mini a mini movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it, just, it would have been so pretentious and try-hard, whereas this is like – 10 songs, 30 minutes. Here's here's my concept. Take it or leave it. If you don't like it, check out my next album or something. So I, that's great. But the music on here I think is pretty good as well. I mean, lyrically he has everything you could want. Um, 
I mean, he's got rhyme schemes, he's got wordplay, he's got substance. Um, the one thing that it, it, he might not be for everybody just because of how dense he is. Um, he's mm-hmm. He raps in this really like nonchalant, dispassionate, cold, disinterested manner. And it's not easy for everyone to get into, but he's another one of those rappers where like once you pick up on what he's saying, it's like it's like a oh shit kind of moment. Um, yeah. What separates this from other Ka records for me, I think this is my favorite Ka record, I know he's going to rap well on every project. He's just that consistent. The production from Animos here, the the other half of this duo, um, I think is just great. He gives us beats that are they're sometimes spectacular. Exactly. Yeah, they're sometimes eerie, they're sometimes like soulful. It's just dependent on the song topic. But um th- it's but it's thematic- all yeah. Thematically, thematically matches up so well with the ideas that he's going for on here. Exactly. Yeah. The the beats are just they're always a pleasure to listen to, um, regardless of whatever topic is at hand. It's a consistently high quality record for me. Um, I know I'm kind of this was your recommendation, so I'm kind of stepping on it, but I I was going an eight on this one. Yeah, I'm I'm at an eight as well on this. It's like the most solid, like eight point five, like very clearly an eight. Um, yeah, it's just wow. I, I even I was wowed because like Ka, in the past I've always liked, uh, but this one will be higher on my on my year end list than it was or than he was in 2016. It's just great year for underground hip hop. I think mainstream yeah, hip hop has kind of been mm, you know. Mm, Eh, yeah it's been a little shaky (laughs) okay so since since uh that was going to be my fourth one i'll just kind of do a couple quick mini recommendations i won't describe too much um but i had i had considered uh suggesting the internet's hive mind which is like this they're they're kind of a funk soul r&b pop blend band one of the coolest bands i've heard in memory recent memory and they'd be like a great NPR Tiny Desk Candidate. Um, the the new Igloo Ghost EPs were great. Uh, they, you know, just the wackiest electronic music you'll ever hear. And then I also thought about uh, recommending the new no-name record, uh, Room 25. She's just um, one of the best rappers out. She has one of the best styles out. Very relaxing, very confident, though, uh, and just very... Um, I don't know. Just it's it's a it's a deep listen. Uh, she shares a lot about her personal life, um, and she can rap very well. So yeah, just really really quick hitters for you. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Just thought I'd show some love to some other things. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll I'll talk real quick about the fourth recommendation that I had then. Okay. Yeah. Um. So the fourth recommendation is the award is is. Uh, Come on, you know I had to put an ambient album in there. Yes, I know where you're going. That's the that's the award. Um, <laughs> that's the award name. <laughs> so this this album is the new. It's just it, pretty recent. The new Tim Hecker record. Yes. Tim Hecker record. <laughs> Say that like <laughs> Hecker record. <laughs> Hecker record. Uh, Kanoyo. Yes. Um, yeah, Tim Hecker. I had him on uh, twenty. You had him on your 2016. Top fifty, also I, did. I believe, right? I did love streams, yes, sir. He he's a yeah, he's great. He's a uh, he's 
one of the more experimental but still regarded as ambient kind of toes the line between like being an electronic experimental artist and being a true ambient artist um Kanoyo has a lot of the same themes that he does where it's like there's a lot of chaotic ambience um where he's there's a lot of ideas that are that are kind of like crashing all around you but he has this space that he creates that is like it's it's calming um it's serene at times but there's some there's some very strange uh ideas happening that are like kind of hard to like uh, grasp at first you're like what the hell's going on um and on this one he's got a lot more japanese themes um mm. on here like a lot of more japanese instrumentation theme uh motives whatever um which is pretty interesting um because i mean it adds it adds this element of um it adds this like worldly element it adds this zen element to it that can with ambient music be very cheesy and kind <laughs> of like culturally appropriating for sure mm-hmm. um you know and it's it's a little obvious at times too because it's like oh hey i'm gonna make an ambient record Ooh, let's use some japanese instruments like <laughs> it's it's kind of obvious and it's like okay come on so i was a little bit like oh man that he does he does a really it, he does a really interesting job of um of making this not just about like oh this is his japanese album it's uh he's like kind of it feels like he's paying respect to like this whole idea of um japanese zen kind of in his music and he still has such a distinct way of creating creating his own ideas around around stuff that's inspired him like japanese zen music um yeah overall it's like it's it's a super interesting project um i haven't had a ton of time to digest it because it just came out a couple weeks ago but i i liked it immediately and i was like damn i gotta talk about it on on the quarter three podcast because i love tim hecker i love ambient music so um, right now I'm at an eight on this as well. Um, okay. Seven, eight, like that range. I haven't had like a ton of time to digest, but I'll, I'll go ahead and go positive and give them an eight. Yeah, this one, um, I've, I've only listened to it once, but first impression, it's a lot more ambient and less like, uh, what do you want to call Like abrasive or glitchy in comparison? Bloodstreams is a lot more, yeah, it's a lot more glitchiness to it. This one has a lot more like... Uh, real like physical instrumentation i feel like going on right which is what's interesting yeah it is it is an interesting uh uh transition um so i mean i do like this record also i'm trying to mentally just kind of gauge how i view it in comparison to love streams but um but yeah it, it typically my favorite ambient has these more experimental or uh kind of 103x type of sounds to it mm. Um, yeah, but I mean, I do, I do like this, this new record as well. So, um, so yeah, so that's a, what eight for you. Um, yeah, that's our quarter three podcast, right? Yeah. 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 That's our, I mean, that's, that's all my recommendations. Yeah. Oh, sh- oh shit. I think, I think we might be over here. This could be interesting. Um, 
if you're able, oh, if you're able to listen oh. to this podcast, oh God, uh, if you're able to listen to this, <laughs> thank you, thank you for listening. And if not, you're not hearing this anyway. So um, <laughs> stick around. So so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, so come back um, for our next podcast if you can hear it. And if not, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. You're not listening. Damn. Um, damn it. Thank you for everything. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. Shit. <laughs>